The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Thank you for joining us. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We are the team of Jonesy and Brown. We talk Philly sports. We do it whenever we feel like doing the show. We jump on the airwaves. We speak our minds. We invite you to tell us what you think of what we say. And then we tell you that you're wrong. That's pretty much how it works. (laughs) Mike Jones, uh, World Series is over. Last time we, uh, last time the two of us got together, World Series was just about to start. Series is now over. Our Philadelphia Phillies did not win. They did not. They had a lead in the series. That they led it two one. Took a two one lead in in dramatic fashion as they just teed off on the Houston Astros. And then that was it. Set a World Series record with five home runs that game. Yeah, yeah. They were looking good. Things were uh, looking up. And, um, yeah, yeah that, that was it. it. It was all downhill from there. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Now, now that it's over, you've had a couple of days to process this. You've had a couple of days to think about this. What are your thoughts? What are your, your, your reflections of this season? All right. Well, let's see. <clears throat> I didn't really need a couple days. Mm-hmm. This Philly season. Well, let's go back a little bit. Spring mm-hmm. training, all the offseason additions. We finally thought, okay, this will be the year they get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They get a little experience. And then maybe next year they really make some noise. Mm -hmm. Then they started 22 and 29 and it's you start making your posts on social media. You, you meaning me? Yes. You. I start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I I made posts. I, I, I talked about the current state of the Philadelphia Phillies. mm -hmm. I said they were dookie. There you go. That's what I say. Manager gets fired. Manager got fired on my birthday. That was my birthday present from the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. They fired uh, Joe Girardi on my birthday. Well, wound up being a good birthday present yeah, because exactly. they yeah. they immediately went on an eight game winning streak. Won what fourteen of the next sixteen mm-hmm. after fourteen of sixteen after firing Girardi, and they were on a roll. Mm-hmm. Then came September. September was bad. Mm-hmm. They struggled just to get into the play. They backed their way into the playoffs. Yeah. They were the final wild card team mm-hmm. in a year where you have three wild card teams. Are you a fan of that? Are you a fan of how they how they do the playoffs now? The extended wild card. Now there's a wild it's, card it's, weekend. There's more than it's better games. than just one game. Okay. When they had the two wild card teams and they just played one game to see who played in the DS, I didn't like that. Okay. 
because baseball because it seemed anti-baseball. Mm-hmm. Not that the, I'm so much against the concept of one game, but baseball all year long, everything is series. At minimum, you're playing a two-game set, but it's usually three or four. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. after doing that for 162, when it matters, you're going to tell me it's one game? That's that's just not baseball to me. Understood. But if you want to expand the playoffs, because baseball for a long time, it was only division winners in. Yeah. It was three teams for me. From each conference, that's not a lot of teams in the playoffs. So well, now, you, up, so now look we're at up it, to six. Six well, isn't a lot. Yeah, but when you look at it, before I mean, what? Let me ask you, what was your first memory of good Phillies baseball? And I, and, and granted, you and I were Philadelphia Phillies fans. And there weren't a lot. Okay, there's just not a lot to choose t- from when you're talking my, about good Phillies baseball. My first memory of Phillies baseball, period. Okay. I want to say it was a spring afternoon. I got home from school and wanted to watch cartoons. Mm. Turned on TV. One of 17, 29, one of them, whoever was broadcasting the Phillies games at the time. Yeah. And I'm immediately upset because there's this baseball game on TV <laughs> instead of instead of my cartoons. Uh-huh. So I'm mad at this point. Cause I, you know, I'm a little kid. And yeah, I want my cartoon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm forced to watch this baseball game. And I have no idea what's going on or or why they're flashing this big 500 on the screen. Mm. Oh, and, oh, oh, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt, okay. And then I hear them start talking about it's his 500th home run. And it's like, okay, yeah. okay, I guess that is kind of big. All right. Yeah, okay, okay. But that that is actually my first memory of watching a Phillies game. Well, I, I, I asked the question. Because with a team that gets as far as the World Series, when you have a team that plays for a championship Mm -hmm. and you're talking about a franchise that unfortunately just does not have a lot of championships. Mm. Most losses all time in professional Most most losses all time. It's like, like, like you're, when you're talking about the Phillies, you're going to talk like yes, you put the championships up on the highest tier. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to talk about 1980 and 2008. That is the highest. That is the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. However, since we're not the Red Sox or the Yankees who have countless World Series. Okay, but wins. All right, it, I, it, it, let me get back to um actually finishing what I was saying. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because you know, so they had the September they had. September yeah. was terrible. They back yeah. into the playoffs. Yeah. They're the final world, the wild card team. That's where we got sidetracked. When I started talking about them being the final wild card team. When you're in a year where you have three wild card teams, and 
So what happens? They get three games on the road to deal with the Cardinals. Yes. They beat and at that point with the way that with how they looked in September, mm-hmm. at at that point I'm like, okay, well, they got a taste of the playoffs. It's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then they won the against the Cardinals. So now it's like, all right, that was fun. They actually did got did a little something. And then they get the Braves. Braves are a 100-win te- baseball team. Phillies are an 87-win baseball team. Mm-hmm. It was a fun year. This was great. <laughs> you know, I'm not mad. They actually got through a round in the playoffs after that terrible, like, all right. They're just going to lose to a bet, and then they beat the Braves. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Phillies. Hee hee ha ha. <laughs> I still <laughs> jokes don't. Over. Yeah. Jokes over. We still don't believe you. You got the Padres now. All right. Not that the Padres are world beaters, just. You're expecting the run to end at some point because this mm-hmm. is this team has been so up and down. Yeah. I actually did not have any expectations for this team until they got into the World Series. Okay. And then it's like, oh, maybe there's something real with this team. This seat, this feels special. You're mm-hmm. and at that that was the World Series was the first series I picked the Phillies to win. And that's the one they lost. Oh, so for me, it's like, yeah, it's disappointing. But at the same time, it was a fun ride. With no, with little to no expectations going in, I enjoyed every game of it. Now, I hear you. Now, the reason why I had asked that follow-up question, like what were your earliest memories? Because I feel like with, with us as Phillies fans, we just don't have – a lot of the glory years to reflect on. Oh no, bad. You know, you know, it, it for most of our lives, you and I, we we are we are two men in our mid forties. We can we can admit that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, you I'm, care. I, look, I, I can admit it. I'll, I will admit. It. I'm I'm not ashamed. Forty six years old. I feel like most of my life, <laughs> the Phillies have been bad. I've watched a lot of bad Phillies baseball. So when I, so, you know, when you're the Yankees, when you're the Red Sox, you know, you talk about the World Series championships. And just to put this in perspective, we talk about how the Phillies not having a lot of highs and being bad. 118 seasons, Mm -hmm. 15 total playoff appearances, two championships. Yes. That's, that's bad baseball. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. A forty-six percent winning percentage. So they've lost more than they won. Yes, losing his team in all the sports. Mm-hmm. I. So that being said, I feel like you you hold the team. You hold those second place teams in a little higher regard than you would yeah. if you were. Uh, Yankees or Red Sox. But I I will say this, though. Mm-hmm. Of those 15 playoff appearances, mm-hmm. let's see, that would make 
thir- 12 of them in my lifetime, mm-hmm. 14, maybe all 15 of them in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'm sorry. 13, no. maybe 14 of them in your lifetime. Not, yeah, in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, I I remember the Phillies winning in 19. I was four years old. I remember them winning. So I remember the hoopla. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, like that. I don't, don't ask me about what the team was or how the game went or, you know, who started that game, how he looked or whatever. I don't remember that. 83, I remember them losing. I know they lost. Mm-hmm. You know, my first real Phillies, my good Phillies memory was 93. That ended in heartbreak with Joe Carter. Mm-hmm. And then, but I, I guess, like, as people are talking about now, like, you're talking about, like, how this team will be remembered. How this World Series team will be remembered. And I hear the the comparisons to the 93 team, comparisons to the 09 team. Two teams that got to the World Series but lost. Mm-hmm. To me, I put the 09 team aside because that 09 team was part of that 08 team that won it all. They just got back and didn't win. But that team has a win on their under their belt. Yeah, yeah so. that team has a win. So you put that on one side. Although about, I say eleven hurt pretty, uh, eleven. Oh yeah, they uh, all uh, the like four all aces losses, year. Man, no, but but the, but the four hurt. aces year when you get there, yeah. then you can't even get out the DS. Yeah, that one hurt. That hurt because all hurt. year all year but, long those four ace those those four pitchers there there, there were did nothing but make you think this is a World Series win yeah. year. First of all, not, not even like the the eleven year. I, what about the the ten year? Halliday's first postseason, he comes out and throws a no hitter. Mm-hmm. And for me, and I've said this on Twitter, I've said this on this show, I've said this to you plenty of times. Next to the Eagles Super Bowl win, Roy Halliday's 10 no hitter in the NLDS was the greatest thing I have ever seen in sports. The greatest thing I ever watched in sports next to the Eagles World uh the Eagles Super Bowl. It was the Roy Halladay no hitter. Roy ha- so the fact the fact that you went out and you got this player mm-hmm. who was the best pitcher at the time. You got him. He <laughs> Excuse me. He comes in. Although you had no clue how he'd perform in the playoffs since he'd never been there. No, you had no clue, but you did have a clue. I I feel like, like, I don't know how he's going to be. But but you don't know because look at a guy like Justin Verlander and the struggles he's had in the, like, or Clayton Kershaw and the struggles he, like, you never know how a guy's going to perform in the postseason because at that point he's pitched not just the pressure. But fatigue because he's throwing more innings than he's ever thrown before going that late into the year. I, I feel like on one hand, it, it, it's the yin, the yin and the yang. On one hand, you don't know what you're getting. I, mm-hmm. and, I see, and I see your – I mean, you, you know what kind of pitcher he is. Yeah, but on the other hand, he had been so lights out that whole season. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the same season he threw the perfect game against Miami. In Miami, 
Oh, he was a dominant pitcher, yeah. no question. Yeah, you thought he was going to be a beast, but you look at that, you know, and and you look at teams that did like who those disappointing seasons, and for you know the disappointing season, the disappointing Philly seasons, they hit a little bit different because you don't have a lot of good seasons, mm-hmm. like ninety three, and and that was the team I've seen a lot of comparisons to. I feel like that 93 team came out of nowhere. Agree. That team came out of nowhere and you didn't see it coming. Like, yes, this, yes, this 2022 team struggled, but there were expectations. It wasn't like this team, right. the 2022 team came out and you just thought they were just going to be bad. Now, this team at the start, that's where I was saying, at the start of the year with all the acquisitions they made, we thought this team yeah. should be a playoff team going coming out of spring training. You come out, you you bring in Schwarber. Mm-hmm. Schwarber, in, Castellanos. Yeah, you, you finally feel like you have some bats to put around Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. And then you hope some of these younger uh, these younger players will step up. You hope Bone will step up. You hope, you hope Hoskins, Hoskins has a good year. Segura, yeah. you know, JT, you hope all these guys on the roster. These are big money guys who have yeah. produced in the past. That's why they get the big money. So th- there were expectations. Mm-hmm. Now they came out, and like we said, they was dookie when they came, when they came out to shoot, they was dookie. Under 500 in, in the start of June. Mm-hmm. They fired Joe Girardi. Promote Rob Thompson. And I always say, it, it it says something when you promote, when you promote from within and then you have success, that means you had the answer on your bench the whole time. That means the key was there the whole time. The guy was there the whole time. We wasted our time with Joe Girardi. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. I look at this team differently because I want to, I now want to see where this team goes. What happens next year? Well, what do of they course, do next in year? baseball, they get straight to it in the offseason. Once the World Series is over, the rumor mill starts. Yeah. Teams have already started picking up options and declining options, and players have been doing the same. Yeah, yeah. And of Jackson's course, already a free agent. Segura's mm-hmm. a free agent. Exactly. And there has been a free agent linked to the Phillies already as well. So, you know, the Phillies are the quote unquote yeah. front runner to to land a pretty pretty sig- yeah. pretty significant name in Trey Turner. I like it. The light, he, they're the favorite to use him to replace Agora, who at this point is likely to leave as the team declined his option. I like Gene Segura. Mm-hmm. We replace him with Trey Turner. Hey, thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Exactly. Die. Same with you know, like I I I like Didi Gregorius. When it's time to say goodbye to Didi. I like Didi Gregorius like seven years ago. I like, I mean, he was okay. 
He wasn't dookie. Well, you know, he was kind of there. He, he smelled kind of bad at times. I mean, it, it, he, was past it. he was past his peak when he was with yeah. the Phillies. Oh, agree. 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 But that was one of those situations where you make a move to get younger. I don't mind it. Sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But that that one made sense. Hey, thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Yeah, you got you got to, you know, some, at some point sooner or later get younger in any sport. Have to do it. So, so for me, I feel like, like, I, I think long term as far as the Bryce Harper contract and the Bryce Harper story. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that Bryce Harper can bring this city a World Series, maybe more than one, before he finally walks off into the sunset. And I feel like this story is, as this story writes itself, the Bryce Harper story Mm -hmm. is getting more and more intriguing. He signs the big money deal with Philadelphia. Like he, he signs the big money deal with Philadelphia. He comes to Philly. Instantly, it's a love story. I don't remember Bryce Harper's tenure in DC necessarily being that tenuous, like like being like strained. Like I don't believe like DC didn't run him out of town. I don't think he had a bad relationship with with the team or the fans, but I felt like, like if you flipped the script and you saw like there was a long term pl- uh, uh, a popular player here in Philly, mm-hmm. then go to another city and immediately embrace the city, embrace the fans, act like hey, this is where I you know I would feel some sort of way. Like, do you remember Bryce's first year with the Phillies and they they play a series down in D.C.? And you know how Philly fans are. Mm-hmm. You know, anywhere in this East, you know, in the Northeast, Philly fans are going to travel. So Bryce is here. We're excited that Bryce is here. And a whole bunch of fans drive down to D.C. Mm-hmm. to see to see him play. And he's playing to the Philly fans in D.C. Imagine that was here. (laughs) Imagine, let me throw this hypothetical out here to you. (laughs) Let's say a pop, like, for conversation's sake, and humor, you know, humor me on this one. Mm -hmm. Let's say Reese Hoskins, a guy that came up in our system becomes a superstar. He's not just the average player that he is now. The the, the average to good player that he is now. Mm-hmm. Reese Hoskins is a superstar. Superstar. You know, cornerstone player. Thought of as one of the best in the league. He finally comes up in free agency. And he goes to the Mets. He signs with the Mets. One of the first season, one of the first series of that next season, as Reese Hoskins is in a Mets uniform. We're home. 
And you know how Mets fans like Mets fans like to come down here the same way we like to go down to DC. Mm-hmm. So there are always big pockets of Mets fans whenever the Phillies play the Mets. Mm-hmm. Reese Hoskins is out there in Citizens Bank Park playing up to the Mets fans who come down here to cheer on, you know, to cheer on their big free agent signing. How are you feeling about that? Hmm. I'm sorry. How, what? How would you? No, I heard you, but what? Yeah. How? Like, like, what? No, I, like, I heard you. Yeah, I understand, but I don't know what you mean. Like, how am I going to feel about Mets fans? How would you in feel Philly? About, how would you feel cheering about some player who left Philly to go to the Mets? Yeah, you be you uh, be pissed. So you telling me? It's even a question how we feel about some dude who left. That's what I'm saying. And it's like, as cool as it was to me, because I'm on the right side of that equation. Bryce is our dude now. But I'm sitting there in the back of my mind. I'm like, golly, DC's got to hate that. But then you flip the script a little bit. Because what does DC then go out and do? DC wins it all. They go and win a World Series without Bryce. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I tie I tie this all in together. So the Bryce Harper story, he signs the big deal. We love him here. He owns this city. He's one of the greats. You put he's on Bryce Harper is on the Philly Sports Mount Rushmore right now. It's him. You said what? Bryce Harper's on the nah, Phillies. Come on, Mount. man. Come on. Oh, I'll say the current Mount Rushmore, not the all-time. I mean, yeah, he's absolutely one of the best players in, in the in city Philly currently. Right currently. Currently. Yeah, currently. Currently. That, that's all I'm talking about. I mean, currently. He's up there. It's Bryce, Embiid, probably Jalen. Oh, you know what? Uh, Bryce, Embiid, Jason Kelsey. I, I don't know who you put from the, from the Flyers on there right now. That's a whole other story. Maybe Carter Hart. I, I don't know, but that's another story. But Probably have to be Hart. Yeah, it probably have to be Hart, but that's another story. But the, the fact of the matter is, you go out there, he signs his big deal. He's here for a long time. The team that he left that you thought was going to be in shambles when he left went the World Series. Mm-hmm. He finally gets his shot at the World Series. First shot at the World Series, first time winning a series. Won the, uh, won the wild card, then won the NLDS. He hadn't won a uh, playoff series yet. Didn't win a playoff series till he got here. Finally wins uh, a chance and has been lights out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, you know, this is a superstar who gets to the world, you know, because you see. Oh, he that. put up monster numbers in this yeah. postseason run. Yeah, he was a difference maker. Bryce was a difference maker. He won games. Yeah. Won games, closed out series, sent people home. Phillies, you know, Phillies could have lost in five. Phillies could have easily lost in five. They got two wins because Bryce Harper. But nonetheless, he gets to the World Series, he loses. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Like you come out, Phillies win this World Series. All you know, as far as Bryce Harper is, it's all good now. It's all gravy. Everything, you know, everything makes sense. You got the team to the World Series. Now you, but now you lost not unfinished business. It's going to make the Bryce Harper story that much more interesting when they finally win that World Series. I do, I do believe, I still believe that Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies can win a World Series before that contract is over. I believe. I mean, how can how can I say this? That. For a team that literally was j- just up two one yeah. in the World Series less than two weeks ago, to say you still believe they can win a World Series, it's not a stretch. You I know, say you say you go at. I'm not trying to be Nostradamus out this piece. <laughs> you know, I'm everything just, doesn't have to I'm be. Just, the, I'm just saying, say you decide to go add a pitcher who already yeah. op- opted into free agency, like, yeah. uh, I don't know, a Justin Verlander. Say you add him to Wheeler and Nola in the rotation. Why not? And then you say you go get a Trey Turner. And now you, why not? Why wouldn't this team be in the World Series again? If you, like, so like, there are lots of options on the table. We just have to wait and see how it goes. Yeah. The the point what well, I'm making I'm, I I didn't but, put that out there like I'm making some bold <laughs> prediction. I know I'm state uh, because because I feel like the, the point that I was making and mm-hmm. like when I hear people compare this to '93, uh, that '93 team was a one and done team, yeah, a one and done team. Mm-hmm. You know there was way too much there, there was way too much to do to maintain and fix and keep that team as viable. And they couldn't do it. And that's why that team came crashing back down to earth. What I'm saying is you have an owner who has gone on record saying he's willing to spend money. Mm -hmm. They went into the luxury tax this year for the first time. Yes. You have an owner who's willing to spend money and you have a good young nucleus. You have two pitchers, two starting pitchers, you know, to build around. Mm-hmm. Go out and get yourself, you know, at the very least, you know, at, at his advanced age, Verlander as a third option. And there's not, and that's not to say that he's not, Verlander doesn't come in and still be your ace. If you want to, wherever you want to put him, one, two, or three, he, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I. But yeah, there are options available to make the team better. That's all yeah. we're saying. Not yeah. necessarily saying go get Verlander, but yeah. with, with the situation they're in, this should be a team that's attractive to quality free agents this offseason. Quality free agents. You have a, a, a ballpark people love to play it. Mm-hmm. A ballpark where if you can hit, you're going to hit dangers. You're going to get hit. A fan base that is one of the best to play in front of when your team is good. If and right can, now the team is good. If there was ever proof of that, that is this season. You look, you look at that this season. You know what I will say it, real quick, uh-huh. this postseason Phillies run 
might have been the most positive I've ever heard the national media be about Philadelphia. I think because I because honestly, what could you say? You see, it's like sometimes it can be so obvious. Like the truth can be so obvious. You have to acknowledge it. You look at the Phillies fans during this postseason run. Mm-hmm. Are you really going to bring up booing Santa Claus? Is this really, do you, when you see how they were acting, when you see how they filled that stadium and how alive that stadium was for this entire run after, you know, it was the exact opposite pretty much all season. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm with you. I'm just, I just wanted to make note yeah. because it stood out to me like you, they were l- consistently gushing over the environment, the fans. Yeah, you can't, because like we both know, we both know the whole angry Phillies fan mm-hmm. is, is low hanging fruit. We know it's all stereotype based on stereotyping and and old narratives from 50, 60 years ago. Exactly. And this year they actually paid attention to what it was like in the moment instead of just going with the lazy narrative. So I I did want to make note that I actually appreciated that in the broadcast. Because we've both watched a lot of of broadcasts where we're like, Mm -hmm. do these guys just hate Philly? Well, well, here's the thing. Well, I, I think honestly... And, and I will say this: in this age where people just feel like every broadcaster hates their town and hates their team, I no, enjoy... that, that that's not what I mean. You, that's, no, that's no, not, no. You, you, no. You know, in Philly. No, I know. I, under, I, I, I understand that, but I guess the point that I'm making is I enjoyed John Smoltz this year. Mm-hmm. John Smoltz pretty much called almost every Phillies game this whole playoff run. Mm-hmm. So if you if you watched Phillies baseball through this postseason, like almost every game was on Fox. Fox or FS1. Fox or FS1. And Smoltz and what is it? Uh what's the brother's name? Uh Davis? Joe Davis, I think. Uh, I can't remember. Oh. Someone somebody if they're watching, they'll they'll correct me. But basically that team had the Phillies pretty much the whole run. From the mm-hmm. Cardinals series to the Braves series to the Padres series to the World Series. Right. And John Smoltz played a lot of baseball in Philly. Played his whole career with the Braves. Uh, whole career with the Braves. Played a lot of games in Philly. So he knows this fan base well. And I think he and I, I he was fair. They're passionate. They're tough. They're unforgiving if they think you're dogging it. But if mm-hmm. they see the effort and they see and they see the work, they'll they'll try their best to lift you up. I enjoy John Smoltz this season, this this postseason. I liked. I thought he was fair. I did and as I well, that, and I I think that plays into your point where it wasn't. You know, it wasn't somebody who wasn't familiar with Philadelphia and wasn't f- familiar with Philly baseball, so they have to go. They have to lean on the narratives. Exactly. You don't know. You know, it's it's like 
you you remember earlier in the season when uh Keith Hernandez got into that those issues when he was criticizing the Phillies. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I feel- he, like there was the whole report about he would call all the Mets games yeah, except yeah, for yeah, when they were playing yeah, Philly or something. Yeah. It, it, it's like that's his whole sentiment, his whole reasoning sounded like this guy just doesn't watch Philly's baseball. This guy's not watching. He hasn't been watching. He's not familiar with the product. And I, and I understand that. He's, it's not his job. He's a Mets broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Man watches Mets baseball every day. So, okay. And it's not like you know, the Mets played the Phillies pretty good this season. So it's not like the Phillies were ever playing their best baseball when they played the Mets. So it's like, but the fact of the matter is, you know, you get these national broadcasters who might not be familiar with the Phillies, who might not know the Phillies, might not see a lot of Phillies baseball. They come in and they see the passion and they want to talk about the passion. And the first point that they make is, hey, man, these guys booed Santa Claus sometime in the 50s. <laughs> oh, man, uh, Scott Rowland, who I couldn't pick out in a lineup, got batteries thrown at him. 25 mm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, a stadium they haven't played in in 20 years used to have a jail in the basement. You know, those are the things you make. You know, those are the things you say when you don't watch the product. But, you know, the, the, I, I all I wanted to do was just, you know, give a little credit to the guys who did call this year's game because... They it seemed like they actually were were calling this year's games yes. and not just rehashing old stuff. So yes. I just wanted to give a shout out to them. Yes. But that being said, there is actually an Eagles game this week. Word. Seems like it's been a while. It hasn't been a while. Because like there was bye week, then game, then short week to play on Thursday. Yeah. So you had a couple games from like what in five days, Sunday, Monday, two yeah, four two games in five days. And then you get and then you go from but then you go from Thursday, not just to Sunday, Thursday to Monday. Monday. Got the commanders coming back, man. Mm Mm-hmm. The commanders without Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going to be hurt. Got Tyler Heineke Heineke. Yeah, Tyler Taylor, Taylor, Tyler, Taylor, Heineke, Heineken. Why do we need to remember that dude? Uh, I don't know. Do you care I what mean, his name is? He's a quarterback in the division, so we're supposed to know what his name is. Are we Are we really supposed to know what his name is? Either way, uh, the Washington uh, Commanders Redskins football team. Oh, man. So... Sometimes adversity causes a team to rally together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes adversity and distractions can cause a team to fall apart. Mm-hmm. It will be quite interesting to see what happens to Washington the remainder of this season. Big ball dropped on them today. So yeah. we're not we're not gonna get into it too much, but they're being sued by 
attor- Washington D.C.'s Attorney General. So, Bruh. it's not looking good for Dan it's, Snyder. It, 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 that's a mess. I mean, we've known that's it was a dumpster act- fire that was going to remain on fire as long as the Snyders were in ownership. But to actually have a case brought against you by the local AG, man, <laughs> like man. I- you have you ever been? Have you ever made a uh, made a comment that could have been right if somebody did not? Well, have you ever made a comment about a person or a team that could have been right? But that person or team seems to just do everything within their power to prove you wrong. Mm. I told J- people that JB was going to be good at this podcast thing one day. Have I been proving you wrong? I mean, like every chance you get. Yeah. yeah I, 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 <laughs> You're, no, you're right. This needs to just be the Jonesy and show. But I keep on, uh, coming, I, I, I keep on I, turning on. I keep on turning on this this this, this webcam and I just you know, I just of course. But, but no, nah, I get what you're saying. But I, I feel like once upon a time, before the Eagles actually won their Super Bowl, mm-hmm. when it seemed like the Eagles were the cream of the crop of the NFC East every year. It used to worry me that they would not win championships because I felt like at any given time, this window will close. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the Andy Reid era, like through most of the Andy Reid era, the rest of the NFC East struggle with the exception of two Giants teams. And yeah, one I, of them backed into the playoffs in yeah. the last week at nine and seven yeah, and just went on a run. But the, the point was, I felt like there needed to be a sense of urgency because at any given moment, one of these bad NFC East teams is going to figure it out. They're not going to be bad forever. At some point, the Giants will figure it out. At some point, the Cowboys will figure it out. At some point, the Redskins will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And the Commanders. There were the Redskins at the time. They're the Commanders now. I feel like the Commanders Redskins football team organization has desperately, since I've made that comment, tried to say, oh, yeah, we'll show you. We're never going to figure it out. We are just going to be bad for this whole time. I mean... But let's be honest. It's ownership. Yeah. It's always been from the time Snyder got involved and they signed Albert Hainsworth. You knew Ooh. what type yeah. you knew what type of ownership this was gonna be. No, nah, man, it, it goes before could you remember when they signed Bruce Smith and Deion Sanders when they were both done? Mm-hmm. Donner than done. I, uh, 
I I I have a friend who's a uh, DC football fan, and he made a list of teams that he thought had the worst fan bases in all of sports, and he put uh he put Philly towards the top of the list. It was just, Philly fans are just horrible people. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to him, and I'm saying I. I find this list laughable because I feel like there's nothing a DC football fan can tell me about what makes a good fan base. Like you cheer for a team who has no respect for your, for your love, no respect for your fandom, no respect for your, for your, uh, for your dedication, no sense of urgency. There's a team that just, seems determined to get it wrong every year. So how can you tell some how can you tell another fan base that their passion is misplaced? That their passion, however they choose to express it, makes them a bad fan base. How can a DC fan tell me anything about what makes a good fan base? You're not a good fan base because you don't have a good team. Um, he, got, he got offended by that. So I, as much as I appreciate a good rant, as much I, you know, I appreciate a good rant as much as anyone. Uh huh. I think we're supposed to be talking about this game coming up. Okay. So let let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Do either of us really think the the commanders have a chance in this game. No, no, they don't. W- without the Eagles coming out and pooping the bit. Yeah. I don't believe I don't believe this Washington Commanders team can come out and outplay the Eagles without the Eagles playing monumentally bad. And I feel like this what makes this a a a test of what makes this a test of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. What makes this a test for the Eagles, I should say, will be you've heard them talk about they have not played the perfect game yet. They Jalen have Hurt, and Jalen Hurts has talked about leaving money on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh what was it? The Steelers game that was probably the closest to a complete game they've played all year. Yes. When you think I I feel like this, this is a test of that. Here you have an opportunity to be perfect. This should not be the game that you leave money on the table. Let's see how well this team was, you know, I so far this season there's been no reason to question how well this team respects the leadership of Jalen Hurts. They respond to him. They like playing for him. It, you know, it's, 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 it, it's, you know, it's real. They, they like him. He, he seems to be, the, he, he's a real deal. I'm not even going to say seems to be, he's a real deal. Mm-hmm. You have a, this is a time to, you're at home. You're on Monday night. You remember a couple years ago, Eagles played the Redskins on Monday Night Football down in D.C., and they just absolutely obliterated them. Mm-hmm. 
first play of the game, Vic goes deep to Deshaun, and it was just off to the races from there. It was like 35-7 at halftime. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I need. I need foot on neck from beginning to end. Do you think that this Eagles team is built to do that? There's one thing like this Eagles team has shown itself to be explosive and capable of making the big plays, but a large chunk of what they do is predicated on the run. Mm-hmm. So that's why I ask, is this the team that's really designed to just come out and blitz somebody offensively and run up 40 some points? I think, I think the way that, they have scored their points this season will could make that happen in the sense that of course you start off with the game plan you don't do anything you know you don't do anything out the ordinary of course you you start with trying to establish the run mm-hmm. let's see if you can get some long drives using the run but when have they scored most of their points this season second quarter second quarter you come out second quarter, start slinging it after you soften them up with that run. When they feel like they got, you know, they got to stack things up to stop that run, and then you give them that dose of AJ Brown and Devontae but, Smith. But that's the thing: you do that in the second quarter. Say you go up twenty-one-seven, twenty-eight-seven. This team has shown its willingness to take the ball out of Hurts' hands in the second half and just go back to running the ball. Well, I think that depends on how much success. So that you again, have. that's why I say: Is this team really built to just run up forty some points on somebody the way they play football? I I just don't see that happening. This team will dominate a game, and it'll be twenty four seven. Like you know, they completely dominated the game. They completely outplayed the opponent. But the second half, the second half of a game, you see a lot of Shady McCoy and Kenneth Gainwell. And Boston Scott, Shady McCoy. We're gonna, they're gonna put Shady in the game. I said, I, I said Shady Miles <laughs> Sanders. Oh, Miles Sanders. Why am I thinking about Shady? <laughs> they're gonna push. It's gonna be. See, there you go. You see, you oh, talking in circles me. now. A, a, a lot of Miles Sanders in the game. The Eagles are gonna score so <laughs> many points that they're gonna put Shady. They're gonna see Shady on the sideline. Say, hey, bro, tool up. You going in? Shady might still be able to get three and a half a carry behind this O-line. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. But I, I think bottom line is <laughs> here is an opportunity. Here's an opportunity to play that perfect game that they have been talking about. Mm-hmm. You have a team that's beatable. You have a team. You have a team that's crushable. Mm-hmm. Team you already beat. A team you already beat. And had nine sacks in the game. Exactly. So, honestly, I feel like if there would, we know what we would find disappointing about this game. Mm-hmm. They come out and struggle. They come out with a with a with a head scratching game plan. We know we would find that disappointing. 
we would find that you know we know where we uh where we would find that you know how we would find that you know that that's what that's what would stick in our heads that's what we would have an issue with that doesn't happen they come out and take care of business and play the game that they have talked about needing to play for the last eight games and coming out and being nine and0 then I'm satisfied I'm good so like I said I could see this game easily first half you going into halftime Eagles up 24 7 28 7 second half it's a lot of running the ball a lot of just out physical and mm-hmm. like being more physical in Washington and it ends up being like a 31 14 30 you know type game 37 somewhere in that range yeah. like where where you completely dominate the game but you're not because you're you are so effective with taking Clive time off the clock and shortening games mm-hmm. with your running attack I could see I see it more like mid 30s than yeah. mid 40s no, I, I mean that makes sense that makes sense I think if those types of games you know are still dominant Mm-hmm. Like their time, I mean, agree. Time, like we agree, we expect to see them dominate the Washington yeah. team. Yeah. Just it's just yeah. the manner I, of how it happens. I like I want them to dominate this team. That's what I expect. So if if domination does not translate into fifty three to five, you know, fifty five, like they're gonna now, get a now the one if, thing you I fifty three six, you know, something like that. The one so, thing I don't want to see would be a situation where like look and when it's happened in a couple of the games where the offense has that explosive second quarter and then it's one thing to shorten the game running the ball as long as you're still moving the chains and actually possessing the ball yeah. but i i don't want to see a situation where the offense is sputtering and looking like they're actually struggling in the second half agree agree that is what I don't want to see. Agree, agree. I'm I'm completely with you. Like you said, like if the game is close because they were dominant but didn't score a lot of points, I'm good with that. If mm-hmm. the game is close because you allowed them to stay in the game and maybe were able to pull away, you know, get a late touchdown to salt the game away or something like that, that would bother. Me. Agree. You know, like when you, you know, there, there are times when you, when a score might be close and you'll say, hey, the, you know, the game was not as close as the score would indicate. Mm-hmm. You know, that might not bother me. I might not be bothered with by that. But if the game is close because you're sitting there and you're really like, hey, these guys can come back and win in the second half, that's going to bother me. That's going to that's going to be my issue. I, you know, but nonetheless, I'm I'm saying you know what this is what I'm, I'm going to go out and say 36, 36 10 
Eagles on Sunday. Kind of bad math score is 36 to 10. A lot of field goals. Hey, what kind of algebraic equation you use <laughs> to come up with 30? Like, come on. Man. 36 a, 10. I'm going to go 31-17. Now, when the Eagles score 36, I'm going to call you. Even if they don't finish with – even if that's not what they finish with. If at any point in time in that game, the Eagles have 36 points, I'm going to call you. I'm going to say something to you. I don't ever call you. If they finish any possession – with 36 points exactly on the board, uh-huh. I'll be expecting a call. You, you will get a call. You will absolutely get a call. You will absolutely get a call. Real quick before we get out of here, man, uh, let's talk some sixes. I don't want to. Why not? They're bad. They make me mad. We could talk about them next week. Like the, We were supposed to talk about them, but the more I think about them, the more upset I get. But the season just started. They're one and oh. They're what? They're one and oh. One and oh what? They're they're one win and, and zero losses. Who is? They're Philadelphia. Joel and Pete said, hey, the season just started. Because they said, you know, everyone was watching. So, so he's saying he just hasn't been playing basketball all year. Because the no, rest of the team the rest of the team ain't one and oh. The team is one and oh. The, the first ten games don't don't count. Teams one and oh. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I'm pretty sure they're actually five and six. And they struggle defensively. Like they're not a good perimeter d- defensive team on the perimeter at all. They're actually going to be a little better defensively with with Harden out, but that means you're losing a lot of your offense. A lot of points, yeah, yeah, yeah. And your best playmakers out. I still, and I still want to see Embiid run rim to rim. I don't care if he shoots jump shots. I just want to see him play from the inside out. When possession changes, run hard, get under the rim, then work from there. You can work inside out. I don't want to. I'm tired of seeing him the last guy down court, changing ends, and then starting at starting at the top of the key, and then working his way in. I want it the other way around. Start inside, work your way out if you need to. How much? Uh, how much credence do you lend to? That the narrative that the Sixers are in the same position that the Phillies were in in June. Sixers were struck. Sixers come out to shoot struggling, just like the Phillies came out to shoot. He, so he's about firing Doc Rivers. 
Yeah, that's where you're going with this. Yeah, you talk about you defy, you should, you, I, I know where you're going with this. I you want to know if they should fire Doc Rivers. I'm asking you your opinion. I was trying to set it up because that's what you do in podcast slash radio. You know, you kind of set it up, make mm-hmm. it a talking point. I, was I, to make I, it a talking I told point. you talking about the Sixers was making me grumpy. I warned you that when we started this conversation, you did. I was going to be grumpy talking about the Sixers. And you are. You are. So you're asking me if we should fire Doc Rivers. You know what? Do you remember the conversations we had when they hired Doc Rivers? Yes. Did I want Doc Rivers then? No, you did not. So at so no point along, him now. At, at no point in this process would I have ever had a problem with them firing Doc Rivers. Would you be cool with firing Doc Rivers for Sam Cassell? I'd be cool with firing Doc Rivers for me and you. Okay, maybe me and Javon offered. Maybe wow. not me and you. You know, I forget you, bro. <laughs> I mean, when I said me and you, you reacted like it was a bad idea. So, yeah, I want to know how you I, fit into this. To I, I could fire you and replace you on the staff too. You know what? You you've thrown one too many shots at me for one week, bro. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with you, bro, but I, I, I want you to think about this, and we'll come back. We'll, we'll come back to this next week. I don't know what's going on with you, man. I don't know what I did to you. Absolutely I, you know, nothing, man. It's you, all love, I, brother. I thought we, you know, I thought we was cool, man. We are. I, we're good. Know, once upon a time, we were two brothers with two, with our own podcast, with our own shows. Mm-hmm. You remember? The, I mean, this is this is now years ago. And when you first approached me, you said, hey, man, I need a co-host for my show. And I said, all right, you know, I'll come, you know, I'll co-host your show. You know, I'll be your co-host. And then you can be my co-host. And we used to do two podcasts in one day. Mm-hmm. Talk about the same thing in both, pod, in both podcasts. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and now we've just merged into one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it somehow we came to the conclusion, we came to the realization that that was just too long. Because you, you come over here and spend like four hours at my crib. Like yeah, three four hours recording three, four two, hours pod. two podcasts where he's talking about the same exact thing. But nonetheless, I think we might have to go back to two separate podcasts: <laughs> the Jonesy podcast and then the Brown podcast. Oh man, we might like just have that. to do that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. You you want something today? But it it, it it's cool. Bad it's basketball cool. makes me unhappy, man. Well, look, well. Unfortunately, as we talk right now, the Sixers are losing to the Hawks. We, you know, but, oh, well, they're, they're closing back in. All right, well, whatever. We'll we'll figure it out. You know, we'll 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 see. But we'll we will dedicate. We'll try to dedicate a lot more show next week to your team, your town, your 76ers. Yeah, we, you know, so next week, you know, we'll have the Eagles game to to talk about, but. I doubt there'll be much Phillies offseason action going on, so we can dedicate the rest of that time to our 76ers. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I'll be in a better mood to talk about them then because hopefully they won't be below 500 then. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But does anybody in the tell- league have a higher payroll than the Sixers? I'm sorry, say that again? So does anybody in the league have a higher payroll than the Sixers? I don't know. I, I don't know because a lot of teams in the league have better records. Mm-hmm. 
Milwaukee's still ten and one right now. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's a beast. But Utah, Utah traded away all their best players, and they're better. Tom will tell. Tom will tell. See, now you put me. Now I'm in a bad mood. I wasn't in a bad mood before this show started, and now you know. I I just wanted to have a. a I warned you. Right, I you warned know, you. You know what? Hey, tell us what you think of today's show. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BICW Sports or at Jonesy and Brown. Download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. You can find all the links at BITW Sports. Done. Done with this show. All right, you know. Uh, now I'm about to go watch some bad football. Watch some bad football. Panthers, Falcons. Go. Terrible football. Thursday night football is dookie. It's been a bad product about it but then what do we do we watch it we watch it but i would be better with it if teams only played thursday nights when they were coming off of five because not only is it often not the best teams but it's also often those teams on short weeks and short even, weeks. and it's a bet with so you got limited practice guys yeah. are banged up it's yeah. just a, it's, and i think you know and that whole thing with Tua just made it look even worse Mm-hmm. Exactly. That whole, you know, Thursday night football is just absolutely and I, You know, give me the 9.30 lunches game over Thursday night football anytime. Oh, absolutely. Let me wake up and watch that not, football game. That 9.30 game, wake up football? Yeah. That was a give good me, idea. That's a good idea. Give me the 9.30 London, Europe, you know, London, Germany, whatever. Thursday night football, that's a bad product. Anyway, we were trying. I, I was trying to end the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I oh. gave all the stuff that I usually give at the end of the show. Then we started talking some more. And that's going to make editing this program a little bit harder because I usually bring the music in when I, I bring our closing music in. Mm-hmm. When I do the whole, you know, where you can download the show. So that song is like three minutes long. So that song probably would have ended by now. So I, I don't know. Either way, that is my game. I that's don't. Like, that's <laughs> that's job, bro. Enjoy the sports. Sixers fans, try enjoy basketball. Try. Temple goes over this weekend in basketball. That should be good. Temple had an awesome play. I wasn't even thinking about that. Temple lost You know what? I'm out. That, that I'm out. Really all right, y'all. Wrap the show. You wrap yeah, the show. Yeah, I, 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 I got nothing. All right, y'all. Peace. You feeling this podcast? Wag. To hear this more, like, go to swag.com/slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.